0: Your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. We are kind of sweating it out here in Washington DC this week. It's in the mid 70s and I'm just not quite ready for that. But I wanted to take a episode actually and come back with a solo episode. It's been a hot minute since I've really done an episode and I just wanted to share that I do still exist and I am still an adventurous working mom. But so much has changed since we started this podcast and I don't think I knew, nor did I realize that the lessons that I'll share in today's podcast episode are anything I could have predicted when I started this podcast two years ago, nor did I realize that the words in the title even meant or would be connected to living an adventurous life with kids. But in the last three months, it's been really eye-opening and completely normal, if that's possible, to have these words, unlocating, unschooling, unlearning become philosophies that we are currently practicing. So as we embarked on our family gap year, there were many things that would be tested. We tested the amount of money, how we would travel, the way we would travel, the amount of time we wanted to spend together, the types of things we wanted to do. And some of that would be the vocabulary we would use or simple language we would use to describe our lifestyle. So simple questions like, where are you from? Do you homeschool your kids? What do you do for a living? Suddenly became more interesting and perhaps awkward for us to answer. To offer some context to this episode, I thought I'd begin by sharing some semi-formal definitions for what we've determined are terms that fit us right now. And those terms are unlocating, unschooling, and unlearning. I'll cite these in the show notes if you want to learn more about them. But in essence, unlocating is a term that helps describe things that haven't been placed. They're not defined by boundaries or labels or marks or limits. Unlearning is the act of eliminating a previously regular practice or habit And it's a tool that allows us to learn from previous experience or patterns while making room for new learning, to discard something that was learned, especially if it was false or outdated information, from one's memory. And unschooling is an informal learning that advocates self directed activities as a primary means for learning. Unschoolers are encouraged to explore various activities initiated by the children and themselves. Believing more that personal learning is more meaningful, well understood, and therefore useful to the child if it's of interest to them. As we have entered into the RV space, I have recognized how much we, and I'm saying we like collectively as human beings, define ourselves based on where we are located many full-time RVers or those seeking a nomadic lifestyle aren't defined by a space, location, or home. For example, when we were traveling or meeting someone, it's common like to ask these three questions. These are kind of like standard collecting information, meeting new people type questions. What is your name, your identity of some sort, where are you from, and what do you do? Those have become interesting questions. So, I have learned instead of asking, Where are you from? Instead, I've started asking, Where are you coming from? We currently don't define ourselves as full time RVers, retired, or nomadic, but there's bits and pieces of those terms that kind of fit us. Our story isn't that we sold everything to live in an RV. We still have a home base in Wisconsin, so we can say we're from Wisconsin. There are bits and pieces of being a Wisconsin family that still define us, that are location-specific factors that are very relative to who we are. But part of our desire to travel extensively with kids was to expose them to different places, cultures, foods, landscapes, to better understand a better representation of what all is included in this world. And as we travel, we've noticed what is similar and what's different from Wisconsin. We discuss what it's like to be traveling about and what we miss about home. There are parts of a place of a geographic location that keep us in our comfort zone. So for us, unlocating was the first critical step to really getting outside of our comfort zone. And a huge value of adventure is continuing to grow by experiencing things that aren't comfortable. So just for an example, like, what does this all mean? Why are we talking about this? I was noticing, I'm like, gosh, why does everything take so much longer? You know, things like grocery shopping and doing laundry and just like figuring out where we're going, getting gas. Realized it's because when I'm home, I know most of the intricate details of my favorite grocery store. I know the brands that I like and the prices I typically pay. I know how to get there. I know which part of town it's in, what the parking scenario is like. I know which routes are easiest to make my way through city traffic if it's not aligning with my travel plans. I also know things like where are the best parks. I know which gas stations I like. I don't have to think about doing laundry because it's just in the house. All of these things are unique to the locations that we are in. And what I know about that location. So when 100% of your location changes every three to five days, we are constantly disrupting and taking time out of our typical habits and routines to learn new systems. And while that might seem exhausting to some, it also creates a unique opportunity to be curious and to not fall into previous established routines, habits, and all of those things that keep us from growing and learning. Our big experiment in unlocating has taught us how to find community when we aren't connected to a place. How do we keep in touch with friends and family when we don't see them as often? It helps us be more intentional about what we want to do with whom, when, and where we go. What do we actually miss about where we are and how do we want to spend our time? So it's been interesting by visiting different museums, parks and playgrounds, church services, staying with friends and strangers, backyards and driveways. They are each helping us to see the world in a slightly different way and perhaps challenge us to what we have come to learn as normal. Unlocating has also helped us define what is necessary in our lives. Our kids don't maybe need as many supplies, toys, clothes, accessories as we have at home. We don't need as many kitchen appliances to have amazing meals on the road. Much of what we own at home was to make our life easier, more convenient, more efficient, but it wasn't necessarily more effective. So to demonstrate this, I think the perfect metaphor is this lifestyle experiment called pour over coffee. (laughs) So many nights we stay in a boondocking location where we don't have electric hookups, and we're fine with that. One of our morning routines that we have not given up is our morning coffee. We like it and we want to keep doing it. So, in our old lifestyle, mornings were hectic. Everyone was up earlier than desired to eat, get dressed, get schoolwork materials ready, pack a lunch, go over the schedule for the day before there was this mad dash out the door. And my husband would grind and brew a pot of coffee first thing in the morning. And he and I would maybe drink a cup while doing other things. And usually the only time I actually enjoyed my coffee was when I was alone on that 30 to 40 minute commute to work. In the RV, we rarely have a schedule to wake up, although we do still try to wake up around like 630 anyway. We all just kind of naturally wake up at that time. But some nights we don't have those hookups, which means we have no coffee pot with a push button start. We boil water over the gas stove and spend three to four minutes pouring the water slowly over the grounds into our individual coffee cups. The funny thing is, is I actually savor the flavor of coffee now, and I am completely content taking 10 minutes to make two cups of coffee. This is an example of unlearning. The practice of removing old habits to make space for new learning. It was through unlocating and forcing us to learn a different way that we discovered and appreciated pour over coffee, which leads me deeper into this idea of unlearning. In previous episodes, we've talked about the need to make space in our lives in order for new opportunities to emerge, perhaps ones that we weren't expecting. So in particular, 109, Experiencing Your Childhood Dreams with Chris from Life Outside the Maze. We talked a little bit about this. Part of the narrative is releasing old facts and stories that we've held on to as truth and gathering new experiences, stories and facts to relearn how this puzzle or these puzzle pieces potentially fit together. By changing places and spaces, we can trigger different stimuli and rewire how we do our work or rewrite the narrative of our life story. I noticed this when I was in a leadership role. You know, if I needed a strategic brain, I would want to sit somewhere else. I needed a change of place. And often that would trigger different types of thought processes. If I needed to be productive, I needed a clean desk. I usually had a timer. I often had kind of a space or a system that would support productive computer work. In order to unlearn some of those systems and habits, a change of place was important. And I noticed a change in our lifestyle and relationship to each other. By removing some of those existing things in our life, I also noticed that we were now available to expose myself to different thoughts or experiences. And finding some of the greatest joys are through nurturing and supporting my kids' adventures, both learning and unlearning. So for example... This is a formal learning experience. There are various parts of history I've realized that I need to unlearn and relearn. So we went to the Holocaust Museum, which if you're ever in the Richmond, Virginia area, it's completely free. And there's a lot of reading. They're going through a, a renovation right now, but it was really good. I have read books, studied so many different things about World War II. I've watched movies, And somehow in the midst of all of that learning and filling up my knowledge bucket, I missed some key pieces about refugees and the whole timeline and when they left. And so I I just thought this piece of knowledge was interesting that I hadn't really learned before. My son is currently reading The Refugee, and I was completely unaware of the element that we also saw at the Holocaust Museum here in Richmond, Virginia, called The Voyage of St. Louis. Now, I'm going like to leave that lingering there for you because it was fascinating for me. As I have been working in system-level community change work for nearly 20 years, I continue to see the ways history repeats itself, but with different ingredients. I'm also still unlearning other things of life. It doesn't have to be formal education to unlearn. You know, family travel for us has often looked like defined expectations and timelines, And I'm trying to unlearn and relearn what our habits, routines, and expectations of each other are. As I mentioned earlier, after meeting someone new, we often would ask, so what do you do for a living? It's kind of standard set of information gathering that helps us determine how we relate or connect to others. But being that neither my husband or I have W-2 jobs, we often grapple with like, what do we share? What do we want to tell about ourselves? And Do we really want to elicit others' opinions about our previous titles or do we tell them we're just consultants right now? Like, how far do we want to go with this? So it's always this kind of like push-pull. And unlearning has helped me recognize that the assumptions from my own experiences have been tied to things that really didn't need to have emotions tied to them. You know, facts and data should be neutral. However, if data reminds us of an experience, we often label it as good or bad. So the stories we attach to the data can elicit emotions that we assign as good or bad. So it's been interesting to have conversations, not just with our kids, but with others around different topics and understanding and seeing how emotions begin to emerge around different scenarios. So with our kids, you know, we'll often talk about that. So what caused us to think and feel that way? Why don't we know what else could be true? And why haven't we been exposed to that? You know, without blame or shame or anything in between, but it's just like asking the question and being curious about how might we learn more about that? How might we fill in the gaps or how might we unlearn some of the things we've already had as preconceived notions or assumptions? There's several steps to unlearning. And so I'll, again, this is according to Logic Earth. The process of unlearning is to foster a willingness, pursue the unfamiliar, change location, learn from your opposite, and foster creativity. It's kind of interesting because I feel like adventure seems to be a really good platform for practicing unlearning. I think the greatest unlearning came when we began to explore what learning could look like on the road. So in particular, as we were thinking about pulling the kids out of traditional public school, we had to kind of figure out what is this going to mean for us. My friend Aaron Austin Abbott was on the show in episode 88, Tips for planning family field trips. In her book, she highlights the various forms of teaching children while traveling. So this is comes from her book, Family Field Trips. She refers to world schooling as an experiential learning process that uses the world as a classroom. And there are many different approaches to teaching outside of traditional classrooms. So there's Charlotte Mason, which encourages spending time outdoors and emphasizes the importance of structure and good habits. Montessori emphasizes independent thinking and being responsible for your own thoughts and responsibilities. Waldorf takes a more holistic approach, encouraging both creative and analytical thinking. STEAM or STEM often implies like hands-on learning centers, experiential learning type experiences. Forest schooling is something that's becoming more popular about spending time in nature and building empathy with the world and the nature spaces that we reside in. So for us, The model that just fit us best was unschooling, the fundamental belief that kids learn when they are interested in learning and supporting them when that happens. So for us, it wasn't based on a place because we identify mostly right now as unlocating and we have educational materials to support their exploration and encourage daily, weekly, monthly progression on projects that they are interested in. But that's the thing is it's interesting to them. The reflection wasn't the fact that we chose unschooling for our teaching methodology because that's what I wanted, but it just seems like that was what fits us now. And I'm not married to it. I'm open to changing at any time. What I think has been interesting, though, in all of this unlearning that happened was not necessarily between my kids. It was between my husband and I to realize that learning could look like unschooling. Both my husband and I were teachers And we've been systemized for almost 40 years about what school looks like. When we unlocated, we gave ourselves the time and space to rediscover what might this look like for our kids. And part of that began years ago, when I realized that in defining my metrics for thriving, joy and success are not synonymous. If joy was the metric that defined thriving... I needed to relearn what joy looked like in each of these slices of my life as well. So, for example, thriving in learning didn't have to look like achievement in school or accomplishing a goal or a desired outcome, because that's how I had previously defined success. So joy in learning actually looks more like solving a problem, connecting dots, synthesizing a complex system into a meaningful and actionable way. Joy in learning also looked like new territory something new, taking action. And if that's what joy looked like for learning for me, how could I discover what joy and learning and growth looked like for my kids? Additionally, how could I create the conditions for them to experience joy and learning? That's what is behind our decision to unschool. So what we are relearning is that unschooling might not only be an educational practice that our kids needed, but the practice of unlocating, unlearning, and unschooling might be exactly what my husband and I needed to make space for what could really exist in our life. And through this practice, we're slowly rewriting the narrative of what thriving looks like for our family. I hope you find this, even though it's a little complicated and maybe these terms are overwhelming and it seems a little gibberish today, it feels like this is starting to make sense for us and it feels complicated and it doesn't need to be. What I think we are realizing is that less thought, less structure, less expectations is leading and allowing us to experience more creativity, more curiosity more questions that we're asking, and a willingness to try, a willingness to try something that's uncomfortable to get out of our comfort zones. And I know we can do this in a million different ways, but for us, this seems to be the message that is rewriting the narrative. And so hopefully through some of this, you might realize that there are specific narratives that have been written in your learning style or in your schooling or in your location about the culture of your space or about the culture of family or about the culture of success. And maybe there's something in this episode that will help you realize that you can try something different and allow yourself to make space to relearn what could be possible. Until next week, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us.